welcome back everyone it is tip o hey ho and it's the pretty ricky 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 hey and we are here today with another recap and discussion of this is us season five episode three title changes so this episode opens with an unnamed and unknown Vietnamese man and young girl and they are fishing and the man is talking about having patience. But then we leave them there to cut over to a scene of the teenage big three at the doctor's office and the audience learns that the big three are now in eighth grade and are going through pu puberty. So then we get to Randall. So let's talk about Randall, our favorite person. <laughs> so we first see Randall interviewing therapists at the beginning of the episode, and he lands on a possible therapist, a black male with a young daughter that he wants to meet with further to kind of fill out. He's trying to get a therapist for um, transracial identity, I guess, to discuss it or figure out what it is. I don't know. Um, so he does meet with the therapist for another initial test session, if you will, and a therapist gives Randall a homework assignment. So let's put a pin there to talk about Randall and this therapist real quick. So the pretty Ricky, 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 are we here for this new possible therapist or not? I am here for the new therapist, but more importantly, I am here for This Is Us making it a point to show near the very beginning of the show that Randall has prioritized his mental health because remember <laughs> that was my concern I was like you yes, know I, I want him to feel comfortable but more importantly well that's important but I need him to continue the work so I actually kind of got it kicked out of the whole interview process as he went through all the black people <laughs> the black lady the black man he was like I can see him like his mom uh-uh that ain't gonna work. That ain't gonna work. So when he got to, I believe they said his name was Dr. Lance and he had the daughter, he um, had his daughter kind of come on and you could just feel that instant connection. So I was very much so here for the new therapist. Yeah. And it was funny just seeing him interview, especially when he had that one female therapist that was running down her resume and she was like, um, are you frozen? And he's like, no, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was funny, right? <laughs> I'm just bored, not frozen, but um, the new therapist, what do I think about him? You know, I'm just always kind of cautiously optimistic. So I'm, I'm kind of like, did he really find a new therapist? I am happy that I know one of your concerns, Pretty Ricky, was, is he going to follow through on trying to find him a new therapist? And I was like, I think he will. And so he did. So to your point, yes, I am glad that he did continue that search and he did it urgently. Um, but I'm like, is this going to be a good therapist? Like, I don't know, but I don't know what I'm looking for. So yeah, I'm gonna say that's a good therapist. I'm happy for him right now. But I did find it also funny when he was like, Oh, yeah, Beth said this and said that Beth is black. And he's like, Okay, <laughs> you don't have to prove anything to me. <laughs> and that's why I feel like this could be a really good fit. Not the fact that he's this black male, and he can perhaps relate to him. He has a one at least one daughter we know and Randall has several daughters but when the dude was initially like look like you said you don't have to prove this to me we don't need to know about the painting on the wall sir let me <laughs> let me stop you right here and I feel that's a little bit of that little edge that the other therapist had that I really like because she uh -huh. challenged him and so I'm really hopeful that Dr. Lance is going to challenge him and I like how he um, said at one point you seem to be the type that likes homework so I'm gonna give you an assignment so I'm like okay maybe he's reading him good call doc good call he read them real fast. I'm like, dang. So, but what is this transracial identity? I know about racial identity, but the trans part, I'm like, because he grew up white. So he's trying to like, I don't know. I was Do you have any idea what transracial identity is? Kind of the same process, like maybe black in the white home and not knowing how, yeah, I don't know. I feel like they're going to explore it. So I feel okay. like I'm, me and you are kind of thinking perhaps the same path. Um, but no, that was kind of my first time hearing of that term. I'm like, is he, they talking about Rachel Dolezal or something? Like, what is this transracial identity exploration? Oh. So um, they also, so going back to the big three, because at first I was like, why are we talking about the big three going through puberty? But um, how do you, or let me say how I thought that Randall's puberty tied into his present day. So girl, we see Randall going through his routine, his after school routine. So he's watching some old show or it wasn't old at the time it came out, but 
to us as old now. And Kate's little fast friend come over there trying to flirt with him and stuff. And then at one point she put on some root beer flavored uh, lip smackers or whatever and almost assaulted the guy talking about, I always wonder what it would be like to kiss someone like you. And so we see at the end that Randall is using that encounter as the basis for his homework assignment that the therapist gave him. What do you think about that moment of that girl like what did that moment mean to him for him to put that as his writing assignment you think wow so I do feel that his puberty it ties into present day and perhaps that was one of the first memories where it really stood out that I just had a very awkward uncomfortable very different experience but yet I don't really know how to put a voice to it and I feel like that's kind of present day Randall just tr trying to figure out his voice, not knowing what yes. to say. And I feel a little a little bit in that moment and with other moments when they've kind of gone back to his childhood, he just kind of maybe runs, he flees the situation. So oh, I'm thinking good. some of that also relates to present day Randall. You know, I'm not going to talk about, I'm not going to address it. And I was really, that's why one thing I was really happy that he had that conversation with Kate because he's been hiding these emotions and feelings and not knowing when to say it and maybe not feeling in a safe enough place to say it all his life, talking about his childhood to now. And um, yeah, it's tying into his present day because I feel like he's been feeling trapped. And so he's Randall figuring out what to say as a grown man. And that may have been a pivotal moment of the first time I should have maybe spoken up or I felt really uncomfortable in, in this, in that place. Yes. But I was like, if that fast little friend don't sit down, like, girl, I'm not interested. <laughs> you miss, you're not part of my routine. Okay. So <laughs> predictions on Randall keeping his therapist. I'm going to say he's going to keep him. Cause you've convinced me. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think he's going to keep him for the reasons we talked about. Like, just I feel like he's pushing him, and he's not going to just be somebody that Randall's going to be able to say anything to. He's going to always and put a why and go. Let's go deeper, and so he's going to have him go deep. So yeah, go behind the man. So. And I also just think from last episode with Randall acknowledging how important mental health was or how therapy is so important that he's the healthiest he's ever been in years that with everything going on in 2020 and things that I know we'll talk about later, like that's going on with his, in his, in his family, with his child and just seeing himself and wishing he would have seen himself, even in Malik, like, mm -hmm. wow, you get to experience mm -hmm. that. So I think he's having this whole new awakening and recognizes that therapy is going to be needed to kind of help him push through those things and be able to say what he needs to say. So I'm saying yes to Dr. Lance. I really hope it, is a good fit it seems to be so you know i guess we'll see you're right um but a good segue mentioning tests so in addition to the therapist storyline we also see randall dealing with tests so tess has done a screw you video to stand up for or to call out a former teacher of hers who is touching her hair or did touch her hair and was touching other black girls hair. So what did you think of the screw you video? Did you think it was bad? Did you think it was good? Did you think it was just a video that kids do? Like what were your initial impression when you saw the video? Well, to be honest, I was entertained by it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you better, you better speak your piece. And then she had her part in there, like Solange, don't touch my hair. So I was kind of jamming to the video, right? To be honest, <laughs> but <laughs> If I pull that back and put my my lens on this as a teenager, then I literally, do, I do believe that that was inappropriate. But I was really proud of her for having this moment of self-expression and for it being beyond just about being about her. It was about the other Black people in the class as you're here that she tells the story. So just to know that she was taking this stand for classmates and other people who didn't have a voice and perhaps having a voice is going to be the trend of this particular episode. But mm -hmm. I, um, I like that. And so entertained by it, not appropriate, of course, but you know, I was really happy that she found her voice and she was comfortable in that. And I was like, I Tess, I've never seen you in this way. So many words. This is, <laughs> this is, you can dance. You got this. Okay, Tess. So I, found, I saw a whole new personality all in that video. Yeah. I don't, girl, 
I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be like. So <laughs> I think you did a great job kind of summing up like Randall's <laughs> reaction to it. And then uh, Beth's like, no, this is not okay. So I was like, is Beth overreacting? But I guess, you know, it is a YouTube video and it is unprofessional, but she's like, what, 13 herself. So I'm like, do we really care about if... 10 years down the line when I go for a job, someone said, oh, you did a screw you video. Like, I don't know. I just didn't know what the lasting impacts would be or like, I don't like they didn't use curse words. I don't even think they put up the finger. And so I don't I don't know. I was like, maybe it wasn't the best way. But nowadays, that's the most effective way to get your voice heard. And like she said, it worked like she ain't touching nobody else's hair. Um, and it was last year. So it's like, why are the principal talking about this now? <laughs> like, What are we even talking about? So her screw you video. I mean, I guess it was kind of poor taste. But how else was she supposed to do it? Even Tess was like, I mean, Beth was like, well, you go talk to your teacher. She's like, I did. And she stopped touching my hair, but she was touching everybody else's hair. But when I did this video, she stopped touching everybody's hair. So I don't know. I, I, I guess I'll go with the indifferent part. I was like, yeah, talk to your children about how to take their stance. But I don't think that she should have gotten in trouble maybe for it. I do kind of think that Tess went hard on her. Right, <laughs> I'm like I think right that Beth went not hard test, on that Beth went hard on Tess. So again, I guess like when you're you're the parent, I guess if there was a parent lens or an adult lens on, I think it's important for her to let the child know that this is not the best way to get your message across. And she, I know, I just feel like you know, let's do a poem, let's take it to the newsletter, let me do an article about this. I mean, they're really? telling your parents, just letting her know that saying screw you and going out doing random videos is not going to be the way to get through life. You're going to have to figure out how to have the tough conversations or who you can go to to help advocate on your behalf. Or are there other methods for for getting that word across? So I feel that Beth, I understood, I understood her being frustrated. I did. Um, in 2020, though, Ricky, in 2020, who's going to a newspaper? Newspapers don't even really exist anymore. Like newsletters YouTube. do exist, though. <laughs> Different newsletters, electronic news. There is there is yearbooks. Like, please tell me yearbooks are not a thing of the past. I hope not. But like, there are ways to to definitely use your words to get the message across other than a video. I mean, I agree with you as far as like, because um, I know he ends up giving her like six weeks or so of punishment i thought that was a bit much you know but i do feel like they shouldn't once you find out about it i don't feel that they should have just brushed it under the rug either i think that there should be a consequence to that hmm yeah i don't know okay so in addition to who because i'm just like so lost on it because i would not want my child doing it but like we said she's doing it because she's found her voice she's speaking up and I just think that you have to also consider the climate or the we're in 2020. So or then it was 2019. She said she did it last year and they're not doing newsletters. They're not they're either going to Twitter, some form of social media, which is also includes YouTube or they're protesting in the streets or she could have did a sit in at her school. But either way, I feel like Beth would have still been like, no, that's not appropriate. Like you just let her touch your hair. And I also think you know, Randall is in the process, like we said, of finding his voice. So he did kind of admire or he really admired Tess in that moment. Like, oh, my gosh, she's able to do what I'm trying to I'm going to counseling to learn to do or whatever. And Beth being like, nah, that's not OK. But Beth had a different upbringing. Like Beth, I guess, was able to express herself or live in her truth. And Randall's still trying to find her truth. And Tess is finding her truth. So I kind of don't know if Beth is not understanding where randall and tess are coming from and kind of just being like i don't know a fun stopper <laughs> a fun stopper. i think you make a very valid point in the sense that it is 2020 and people do go to social media and do things but we, it's still it's still is that fine line though like i get why she did it i understand it but she also has to know that you know saying you screw you and doing videos and stuff like that like just being mindful having those conversations that that isn't the best way and let's think of some different ways and let's have the conversation or how else can we best get the word across so maybe if she didn't say screw you because i still think the fact that they were dancing <laughs> probably made people watch it <laughs> since it was a music video versus That's her true. just standing there talking. She had her captive audience yeah 
So I did like Randall's talk with Tess. I was like, okay, now I understand like this was not because pretty much he was saying like what you what you were trying to communicate is great. Like, I agree. But the method of communication could have been better. So I was like, oh, OK, OK, I'll give it to you. And then she got grounded, but she escalated her grounding by talking crazy. So I, it sounds like you agree with Randall's talk with Tess. Or do you disagree? I, yeah, I do agree. And I think that's what it is. Is like, I think we agree with her. We understand where she was coming from, but there is still a better way. I think he said you can get your point across even loudly. So even as, yeah. you know, in a way that makes her not touch other people's hair or in a way that, you know, gets attention without doing this. I think that was important. So I agree with that. And like I said, I could do a little less time of, of grounding in six weeks. Cause that does sounds like, <laughs> seems like an eternity for like a child. <laughs> Or a teenager being without their mm -hmm. phone for even adults like we leave our phone at home accidentally we turn it around before we get to the job so that does seem <laughs> <laughs> right like a long time i would just say in that in that speech if you would or that talk i would have liked him to really talk more about how um he understands her and really showing yeah. that he accepts her because i feel like some of her comments were always like well dad you have to recognize that i'm not this you know, type of girl that you raise or or whatever she was trying to say. Like, it seemed like it was still an underlying part of that she feel accepted truly. So I think he could have looked at that and tried to really break it down. I love you. I'm here for you. I support you. We just have to work together. And we have to know that there's a better way or there's a different way that things could be handled. And just really talked about how he admired her strength. Just really talked about that little yeah. piece more is what I would say. That's the thing I think could have been added to the conversation. And I think that's where my frustration or confusion with how I feel about Beth came because one, I'm like, Beth, why are you not in the room having this conversation with Randall? Like Rob Randall had to go in there and put a blanket on it. And two, why couldn't Randall say, you know, I hate Tess, I admire you. Cause you know, when Randall was telling Beth, like, you know, I really admire that kid. I thought she was going to be like me and still trying to find herself at 40, but she's found herself at 12 or 13. And Beth is like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Good cop, bad cop. You, I ain't about to be in this by myself. And I was just like, Beth, now you know the path or journey that he's on. And he just expressed to you the worry that he had about Tess and how she does admire what she did because her finding her voice and being able to stick up for herself is a really big deal for Randall. And I guess for Beth, it's like, whatever, that's not that big of a deal. Like you still got school to go through and you need to get in line, fall in line or whatever. So I'm just like, why Beth didn't go in there and have the conversation with Randall and, or allow Randall to be able to say to Tess, Hey, what you did was cool, but they ain't right. Like we got to think of better ways for you to be able to express yourself. Good point. I wonder if some of it, I think about two, two things that come to mind as to maybe why she didn't have that conversation with Randall or talk to her alone in that way before he got there. One thing is, I think she was like you said, Beth was heated. Like she was really upset. <laughs> and so maybe she recognized I'm not going to be in the right headspace for this. I'm too hot. So this is please husband handle this because she maybe was trying to be mature in that way of I'm not I don't want to go off I'm mad and I'm mm -mm, handle this and then another thing that came to my mind is the fact of I feel is is I feel that she always comes across as this bad cop I think about mm -hmm. maybe in the last the season before when they were going back and forth to Philly and Randall was gone a lot of those nights or a lot of those times and she was there with the girls. And even with William, a part of the time, really much alone. And so for years there, I say, or for a, a period of time, I'm believing she felt like the main disciplinarian. And yeah. she just didn't always want to come off as that bad cop. And okay, mommy, what is it again? What mama got to say now? And so she just wanted to share in some of that. I feel it's kind of twofold. No, I really like that, Ricky. I think that's a good point because I can't understand as a parent myself and as a husband who works a... um like I work a nine to five and my husband works a nine to whatever. And sometimes weekends. And then when he was in the military, forget about it. So it's like, okay, well, the discipline, like you said, falls on one parent just by happenstance, because you're not going to wait and be like, wait till your daddy get home in two days. So wait till your daddy get home in five hours. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, you have to take care of it now. So to your point, maybe that is why. 
she was maybe that's why she was like no we're gonna have good cop bad cop you're gonna have to be bad cop sometimes and i'm not gonna even be part of it because i really thought that tess was gonna go in there and at least be the good cop but she was like no i'm not gonna be in there at all but i think you're probably right but not tess i keep saying tess beth um but i also wonder if beth just kind of lacked understanding because she's just never had that situation herself too and maybe i wonder i'm thinking about her mother's character and how she came across as so strict oh. and so maybe when you talked about upbringing that's how she knows how to handle things like that wait you're in trouble with the school oh no maybe that already yes. takes it to level 10 too just because of the way she was raised oh i like that yes ricky yeah i like all that okay so randall has taken up all our time as usual let's see what kevin was doing so in this episode, we are now seeing Kevin and Madison navigate their new engagement as complete strangers. And so their introductory scene, we see Madison waking up at five o'clock in the morning. Do we feel her or not? Nah? I, I was like, is this Whitley Gilbert from a different world? Do you remember when Whitley and Dwayne had just gotten married? And so Whitley would get up like all early in the morning so she could look like she was just refreshed. And he'll be like, oh, I wonder why you was always so beautiful in the morning. <laughs> Do you remember that episode? Yes, yes. And I've heard stories of like, oh like real life stories of people saying when they first got married, they did stuff like this. What? Like wake up early, put on lipstick, keep, keep you know, things by the nightstand. I remember hearing stories of like coworkers just throughout the years thinking, I didn't know people did this. So, well, so no, I'm not here for that as far as <laughs> is that something that I would do or really support, you know, um, because you got to get all of me. <laughs> you got to get this 5 a.m. me, pre-lipstick, you got to get it all. But as we see, she's just really struggling mm-hmm. with body image and so many things. And this is like you said, she just married. Well, she's engaged to a stranger and with her history and and her you know, her her eating disorder and mm-hmm. her body stuff like all the stuff that's going into her head i just feel that that's what she needs to do right now as part of her coping because she just seems to not i hear already you know you have a child and you're going through this you don't even feel like yourself and so now is even more so that she's battling with so i'm i i can understand why she's she's doing that We will return after this quick ad break. Stay with us. Inspired by the author's young son's curiosity and love for TV, debuted book, Andrew Learns About Actors, from debut author Tiffany O'Bing, also known as Tiff, is perfect for young readers ages two to six. Andrew Learns About Actors is fun, rhyming, and educational. And y'all, it's filled with diverse characters and inspiring images in both simple and slightly complex words to encourage inquisitive minds. Andrew Learns About Actors is just one of the books, a part of Andrew's Career Day book series, where the goal is to make every day or any day a career day. Now, how cool is that? Please run, hop, skip, just, just quickly go to sugarcookiebooks.com to purchase and to print your free downloadable goodies. Be sure to subscribe to be in the know on the release of the next book in the series, Andrew Learns About Teachers. Follow and like on Facebook at Inspiring Kids to Aspire. Be sure to grab your copy ASAP. I just can't say that enough. It's really a fun read and it's super duper cute. Plus, it supports my girl, Tiff A.O. I have my copy. Do you have yours? Check it out, spoiler alert listeners. Tiff O and Ricky got a promo code and it's a good one. I love the lip bar. I now purchase all my lip colors from the lip bar. All of their products are vegan and long lasting and they are much more than a lip company. They also have this bomb highlighter blush duo and a fast face system and so much more. Their products are affordable and can be purchased online with our promo code for a 10% discount. And what's even better, it is a small black woman created and owned company. Now that's what's up. So what are you waiting for? Go to thelipbar.com now and get your purchase on. Oprah and Michelle Obama wear the lip bar and so can you. Link and promo code is in the episode description.
Oh, that's so good. I didn't tie in her until we were just talking about it. I didn't tie in her like beautifying her face as part of her coping with her body image. Like her body, she can't control because if she controls it, then she's going to fall back into her bad habits and her disorder. So, but one thing I can control is how my face looks, like if my makeup is all, and maybe I can make myself feel or think that I'm beautiful, even though my body is telling me otherwise, because she had bulimia or has bulimia. And that's how we were introduced to Madison in the fat people group. And we were like, Madison, really, you can go nowhere else. But um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I see that now, because at first I thought she was just, well, I think it could probably be twofold. Like we're strangers and we know by the end of the episode that they were not opening up to each other at all so you're not about to see how I look before 5 a.m I don't know you like that partner <laughs> and then also maybe if I look good at on the top then I won't think about how I look below my neck so speaking of her eating disorder and how her pregnancy is triggering it I don't know if it was me and you that talked about this but I had mentioned I was like oh remember Madison has an eating disorder I wonder if her pregnancy is going to come into play or her eating disorder is going to come into play with her pregnancy so when they said that you know I was standing up pooping and hollering for myself I was like ah I guessed it <laughs> but what's interesting is the fact that for anyone, well, I'm not going to speak for every woman, but I know for myself, when you get, when you're pregnant, like you understand that your body is going to change and you do understand that the weight, you're going to gain weight because you, those are things that have to happen so you can have a healthy pregnancy, but it still takes a lot of adjusting mentally. So to think about being a person who doesn't have an eating disorder, being like, oh my gosh, like, look what my body look like. Look what, how much weight I'm gaining. Cause like she said, the first thing you do when you go to the doctor, you have to step on that scale and see all them pounds that you gain. <laughs> you like, okay, thank you for the reminder. And you're like, okay, because they also have, when you're pregnant, pregnant, like you're not supposed to gain a, a certain over a certain amount and so they try to give you like little guidelines of gain this many pounds this week and that many pounds that week but it's hard to stay within those pounds so think about if you're a person who doesn't have an eating disorder and then you're a person like madison who does and how rough that can be like really really rough so my heart goes out to her because again as an individual that doesn't have an eating disorder diagnosis um it's, it's a lot just to adjust mentally to it and so now she's fighting with that and her eating disorder having to remind herself like no girl you can't be going and throwing up because your kids need this sustenance like you got two of them in there that need that sustenance so that was really cool of her and i didn't even think about the fact that kevin didn't know this about her i just assumed that because kevin and kate are so close and madison was kate's best friend but i guess that is her personal business but i just assumed that he knew <laughs> Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. So if that's, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I never thought about that, but you know, Kevin, look, Kevin is into Kevin. So she could have said, I met her at this group and <laughs> he could have, but, oh, okay. And went on something about him. Um, but that's good. I like how you un like unpack that. And I really, again, I always give kudos to the show because they shed light to a eating disorder. I don't really hear people talk about believe me a lot, to be honest with you. I remember yeah. back in the, like maybe, teenage years, high school, hearing about this, but this is something that's, you know, still going on. And like you said, a regular person does not want to see two pounds, four pounds. Nobody want to hear you. Don't say, say my weight real low, ma'am. We don't need you hollering <laughs> it out. And just, right. And just to think, like you said, a regular person, this is already a lot, a lot of changes happening. But for her, who, when she said that she has to put a picture of the ultrasound to remind her, like you said, that I have babies and I need to eat, eat food. That just took it deep. So I was, yeah. So I just, I liked that they broke it all the way down. Um, and just her insecurities, just how much more this is having an impact on her. Um, and she's like, people are acting like this is normal. Like, yeah, this is great. So excited. Yeah. But it's, it's so not to her. This is so different. Um, so I just thought that she had a lot of courage in her being able to open up and share that. And I was really proud of her for sharing her truth and um doing so fairly early yeah i know there well there are strangers but still like she could have waited two years later or something so she was like no this is how i feel this is what's really going on with me and having that conversation so um yeah go madison but yeah girl so like you said this is us does stay um 
given us these things to think about, like real life situations to think about. And, you know, when Madison opened up, then Kevin opened up because his opening scene is he coming in from working out. So I'm up there having body image issues and you over there seemingly <laughs> not having body image issues because you working out, looking all great, sit down to eat some gluten-free pancakes that don't even look that appetizing. But then you talking about you got a roll and now I can't eat. And it's like, for real, for real. Like, you worried about how you got to look on a movie screen. So, but we learn that actually Kevin's puberty story ties into his present day, at least in my head, because when he was around puberty and 13 years old, he was trying to be the quarterback on the school team. And we do learn that he was quarterback on his school team. And he was a great one until he got injured. But Jack had said something to him like, um, you can be anything you want to be, um, or you could do anything. And then Jack kind of tied it into like your body. Like if you, let's get your body up or your weight up or whatever to look a certain way. And then you can be quarterback or you could be anything. So it's like interesting how what parents say in childhood really sticks with you because now Kevin has seemed to connect. Um, I became quarterback because I got my body right. I became an actor because I have my body right. So it's like the lessons as a child. And so now he goes to the gym all the time, addicted to the gym, addicted to his body image, because if his body image is right, then he thinks things will come to him, such as his acting and keep his acting career. So I thought that was interesting. Did you get the same type of lesson from that? Yeah, I got the same lesson from that. That was, yeah, that was good. And just how he mentioned his fight is not to go back to the bottle. So Madison is like, my fight, I'm trying to just push through and basically not go to my old ways of you know, vomiting my food up and whatever. But he's like, I'm I'm still also, you know, fighting through this this demon, if you would, this alcoholism and figuring out the, the way to cope, you know? And it's interesting that some people would say, go to the gym, that's a healthy way, but you can also do it too much so that it becomes unhealthy. Or like you said, he has this yeah. almost addictive personality. So um, yeah, I made a lot of those parallels, but what really stood out, stood out to me is just how open he was too. And he shared just how worried he is and how worried he is about passing along unhealthy things to his kids. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me of the last episode when Jack is having a conversation with his father and he was asking him, what are you praying for? And he's saying that my kids will always be better than me. And so mm. it made me think, is this a real, this is, I'm sure, I know, I feel like this is a real thing that goes through a man's mind and that's not really spoken about a lot. And just like mm. last episode, I know you brought out Tiff that they don't really talk about what goes through a man's mind when he sees his wife is about to have a child and all his concerns and his concerns and his worries. And again, I found them on this episode actually touching into that too about a father and all those worries and hoping that it doesn't get passed along. Oh my gosh, that is so true that they're kind of keeping with that theme because I did pick up on how he was like, I'm a man with body issues and and alcoholism and something some other issue he said he has and I don't want my children to have that too and I'm like oh, okay yeah it's just like I was just thinking more in a greater scale like yeah when you're becoming a parent then you start thinking about these things that you want to be better for your children most of the time but I didn't even think about it in the context of like a father so like, to your point that is cool how they are giving the getting the father's perspective of because you know a lot of times when we see fathers as we said before they're either gone or messing up or just there like just to be funny like you laugh at them like I watch Goldbergs all the time and um, <laughs> he comes home takes his pants off and goes sit down and he's like the comic relief or whatever but it is a comedy but he's like the comic relief or whatever and so just to see them giving us kind of like insight on what men could possibly be thinking when they're about to transition into fatherhood is really helpful and a, a good conversation starter so that's cool yeah, but I, also, I, I thought that was good, too. And it's just that question, again, like you see it, it's not related to any gender, but am I good enough? And I see them tackling that a lot already in this season. Yes. 
That's so good. But I just want to speak about addictive personality. I know I get on my husband's nerve a lot, but I'm always like so cognizant of addictions because addictions don't only come in the form of alcohol or drugs or whatever. Like it can come in the form of gyms or food. And so whatever, or sleeping or something like that, like anything that just becomes like too habitual. I'm like, what's going on? Huh? You need to check yourself. Are you okay? <laughs> you ain't like, hey, I just tired. I'm like, uh-uh. Because you slept, uh, you took a nap earlier and now you sleep at nine. And then the next day you took a nap and then you went to sleep at 10. Like, what's going on? <laughs> you depressed? Funny, we didn't talk about it. <laughs> Are you like, you need to go to the doctor because, see, I had read on, you know, Google... <laughs> <laughs> MD and I think you got this let's let's go make this appointment now, I'm though. just saying it's because addictive personalities are real and so like yeah. a person who's like always in the gym like increasing it or just I don't know just doing something that seems kind of out of their norm so you have to kind of know their norm to know it's out of their norm or even if it is their norm it's like well why do you like what are you really trying to accomplish here so he goes to the gym two times a day even though he looks so good and watches what he eats because he's trying because he has body image issues and so i don't know i do go overboard but i'm just like uh -uh -uh. we're gonna we're gonna talk about this i see you i see <laughs> you okay <laughs> um a random question though did okay. you ever think that kevin when he was the teenager the flashback was going to hurt himself when he was working out with his dad because rebecca had kind of scared me she was like do you think that's a good idea his muscles and bones are still growing or whatever and um jack was like i got it and i was like oh my god she's about to go out there and hurt herself I did, I did have the moment of he don't have a spider. What what may happen? So I didn't yeah. think it would be anything too drastic, but I did get a little bit of that. Oh 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 oh! Nobody with him. It's something about to go off. <laughs> so yes, <laughs> I did get a little bit of that too. It was so cute how he's like taking his dad's routine all the way from cracking the knuckles and everything, and the fact that he works out in the garage is so cute. Oh, okay. <laughs> So prediction moment. Okay, okay. Will Madison and Kevin stay engaged or no? I say absolutely. And I <laughs> am very much a supporter of this relationship. I feel they have so much in common now. We don't even know how much in common that they have. And That's it's true. just kismet. I feel like they won't really stay engaged or they won't be engaged. But I think they're going to stay together. I think they're going to really go go to distance. So I think so. But of course, it's not going to be easy. So right. they have to stay engaged because she has to be the person that he's married to at the end, because that's what I've been saying since last season. So this is like self-fulfilling for me. But I do think they're going to continue having hiccups. And I think that's fine. Like we see too, too many fairy tales. So it will be great that, you know, Kevin, who wanted the great love story, is going to have a great love story, but it's just not going to come by as easy as he might have thought it was going to be. Exactly. Especially since they're so new at learning each other. But one thing I did notice is, again, they're having these conversations and fairly early because I am thinking of, man, two seasons ago or so when Beth had to have the conversation with Randall. Now, mind you, Beth and Randall have been in a relationship since college. College. So mm -hmm. they are listen, college sweethearts. And she gets to the point where she's doing, 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 keeping her mouth closed, not seeing how she feels. To one point, she's like, I feel like I am always bending. And this, I will not bend on. Like, I'm tired of bending. And so how many years you go with, you know, not saying this, overlooking mm -hmm. that. And while, of course, Madison and Kevin are still very new, but if she has this in her, and it took her maybe not wanting a pancake or something, but if she is like, no, let me tell you why I'm mad. I'm mad for several reasons. And I'm going to voice my opinion right now. You're going to hear me. Then I feel that this is going to help them go to distance because they're able to talk. Yeah, she can't turn things. down a pancake. <laughs> she can't turn down a pancake because she got to eat the pancake for her kids. But he has the luxury of turning down pancakes. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, for real, you do have to set that stage early. And my mom had always told me, like, the way you start a relationship is the way you're going to, I don't want to say finish, but she did say like the way you're going to finish it or whatever. And so she's like, don't start off doing something you ain't going to want to keep doing. And so I've always just kept it in my head. And I'm like, I'm not about to do something or not do something that I know I'm not going to keep up in a couple of months or once we get married or engaged or something like that. So it's like, what you see is what you get. Cause she always said that she was like, mm -mm. <laughs> no, that's facts. I heard that a lot too. And I agree. Like, yeah, let's not start something. You're not going to be able to continue. So yeah. 
All right. So now to the last big three, Kate. I feel so sorry for Kate because I just feel like she don't get enough storyline. <laughs> but um, <laughs> in this episode, we see Kate and Toby embarking on their adoption journey. And so they meet their potential match. What do we think? What do we think? Tiff. What? <laughs> <laughs> I think that I am torn. But I will say mm -hmm. this, okay, I can say that <clears throat> I enjoyed her candidness. I enjoyed really hearing the story that she told the, I'm going to call her adopted mom. I don't know what we're going to call her. But um, <laughs> her saying how she was her high school sweetheart and he died of cancer and just being honest about, hey, you know, my friends are like, you need to get out, go do something. And basically she had a one night stand with a guy. Here she is pregnant, some guy that she met online so i could appreciate that um and i do like it seems like her and kate are kindred spirits almost unbelievably so though too that's why i'm mm -hmm. like i don't know like they have this instant connection down to the whole funny toothless mask and everything <laughs> seems just almost too right tip so i have my reservations about her and I admit it's nothing like a real substance to base it, base it off of yet. The main thing I could think about too, if I had to just say, what is it that makes you feel like something's fishy is that she was a little too comfortable and too willing to allow them to take her to her home. I don't know. She just strikes me as the kind of person that has this charming personalities that's used to winning people over. She seemed to know a whole lot about them. Even Toby was mm -hmm. like, she like stalk, you know, mm -hmm. our social media pages. Like, how does she know this? She has the Ghostbusters ringtone? Like, whoa. It just seems to be a little almost too perfect. And her getting that extra time with them due to them, like I said, having to take her and drop her off. So I'm just getting the sprinkle of, I don't know if I can trust you, girl. So I got my antennas all the way up vibes, Tiff. So Definitely. I hope I'm wrong. Definitely. I hope I'm wrong, Tiff. And I hope she's 100% authentic. But I just, something about it just seems fishy. I am a hundred again I guess I'm like you know I said Randall and the therapist I was like I don't know but maybe so I hope so and I definitely feel like bram, 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 bram. like the alarms are going off <laughs> I can't put my finger on it but my yeah. alarm is going off on this match because again I mean checking out the people you about to go meet with okay but why you gotta have why you happen to have a Ghostbusters ring, Tom. Why you happen to have all these commonalities with me? And it's not, and they made it seem like it's not common commonalities. So it's like, how you just know that? And I just feel like Toby would not, they would not have written Toby's line to say what he said about her stalking their Facebook just for no reason. And then she gets that random phone call and it's like, oh, I got to go home. So I'll call the the lift in 15 and it'll come give me a 15 minutes. I was like, no, let me take you. No, that's okay. That's okay. But then these strangers take you home. And then you're still talking to Kate afterward. And I'm just like mm -hmm. something. And I don't know. I just, I don't know if she's a fatal attraction when the bow breaks, like something Ooh. is not right. With this but lady. she was too willing, right? Tip is like, you just too, too willing. And you just too familiar. <laughs> To be a stranger. I don't know what it is. It's just when it's too good to be true. <laughs> All that glitters ain't gold. I don't know, but I'm just negative. So it sounds like we're both a Toby in this situation, and neither of us are a Kate in this situation. Yes, I'm hands down with Toby. I believe, you know, it's okay. Let's acknowledge that the visit went well. She seems cool. But we need to be very cautious with our interactions, Kate. And I, I would not be befriending her. I just, you don't need to be rude, but it's just too much. It's too much too soon. So I'm all the way with Toby on this one. I am. You got to guard your heart and your family and your life because you, she's still a stranger. Like she's still True. a literal stranger who, right. like Toby said, has the right to change her mind all the way, I think three days, I may be wrong, but three days after giving birth, like she don't have to get, give that baby. She has forever to be like, I changed my mind. And even Kate pointed out like, well, she did keep rubbing her belly, which if she didn't, I would probably think she was crazy, but she did. And it's like, yes. And she already has a child. So I don't know. But I thought like when they took her to the, her house, I thought it was going to be like, I don't know, a homeless shelter or something. I don't know. I was just crazy. But I was like, something's going to happen. They're going to be like, oh, no, we don't want to know this lady. But she got out and everything was fine, it seems. But no, I'm mm. definitely a Toby. But I do like that, you know, Kate was able to 
affirmed Toby and Toby was able to affirm Kate. So that was cute. That's he's true. like, she's like, okay, is that enough for you? He's like, yeah. He's like, okay, is that enough for you? She's like, yeah. <laughs> yes. I like how he said an acceptable level of excitement. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that goes with, so at first when it was showing Kate's puberty, I was like, okay, I've gotten Randall's puberty and how that tied into their present. I got Kevin's puberty and how that tied it. But what is Kate's puberty got to do with anything? I was like, I, I don't, come on, this is us. How y'all going to tie that? But I sat and thought about it and had to get in my thinking chair. And let me see if you got to the same place I got. Okay. It was showing that Kate always, well, has a tendency to get ahead of herself and get really excited about things instead of proceeding cautiously only to get let down and disappointed, be let down and disappointed. Did you get that same? A hundred percent. Okay. A hundred percent. Wonderstruck Kate. And it's almost unfathomable that this could not be the reason little Stuart joined my group. Like she was, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, 100%. no, it's just for the desert. Huh? He was like, no, it's just for the desert. <laughs> right? I was like, ooh. So absolutely get getting ahead of herself and just like, Almost not even think, like I said, not thinking that it can be this. It has to be this. This is the only reason. What do you mean? Of course, this is why. So, just not seeing any other way, too. Did you have a hard time tying it in, or was I by myself on that? No, no. I think once I said that, I had to, I had to also sit in my thinking chair. So, it was like, mm. <laughs> and then I, 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 we got to the same result. We said we got to the same result. Girl. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, prediction time. Will. Will the potential match fair out? So will the baby in the potential matches belly be their baby? Oh, Tiff. Okay. So my prediction is no. Yep. I think in this ideal world, yes. But I just feel it almost is too, like you mentioned, almost too good to be true. And if we go to the whole puberty story, and perhaps if puberty is somehow foreshadowing to the adulthood, uh-huh. or we're making that connection, then I would say just like adulthood, um, you know, yes, the baby, we know that she's going to get to her end result. Let's take Stuart. Let's look at Stuart. She was in love with Stuart, googly eyed over Stuart. And Stuart, like you said, he was here for the deserts. And um, <laughs> here you, who knows what Stuart would have grew up to be, what would have happened. And so that wasn't her happy ending. But in the end, she got Toby, right? And so it works out. And I just feel like still... In the end, it's going to work out. She's going to get her baby girl. We know that We know that this is going to happen, but I just don't feel it's going to be this seamless process for some reason. So, yeah, I, that's the reason I would say, say no. I just feel this is just it's too perfect. Yeah, I'm definitely the same. Uh, you know, last week or whatever week that was, I said, you know, I don't think their first match is going to be the end of match um, just because it's a drama. So why would it be so simple? Um, and I do also think that the puberty story where it ended in disappointment is going, it was a foreshadowing to how the potential matches story is going to end in disappointment for Kate. And maybe that's why I think the potential match is kind of creepy because I'm like, you're not going to be the person. So I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop so so my my version of the story can play out so no i don't think that's going to be their baby but of course they are going to have a baby we know they're going to have a baby so just that one's not going to be it what do you think about that oh go ahead no i was gonna say i agree but to you know you mentioned earlier you want kate to have more of a storyline i would be really interested Mm. to see where this goes like how far are they going to play out this particular adopted mother is this lady a part of some kind of scam? Like I said, I feel like she's so charming and she, she, you know, knows so much. Is she going to be a criminal? Like, I don't know. It's just, I just wonder if it's going to be something that's going to be really um, just, I don't know, just unexpected and just give her a a bang storyline based on this particular soon to be, they thought adopted mother. So I wonder if she gets a little, um, a little more in depth storyline through this character. Wow. I was thinking her storyline was going to come through just having this fail and then having to start over with another match um, and going navigating like the disappointment and the stress and the worry of, are we going to get another match? That's what I thought her storyline was going to be. But no, that would be interesting to see if the match is a criminal. She could be a scam artist. That would only explain why she was a Facebook stalker, as Toby mm. joked about. 
Yeah. All right. So um, I want to say real quick, that fight that Toby and Kate had, what was the significance of that? At first, I thought they had made that up. I was like, this is not real. They're just trying to do some little cutesy fight to show mm -hmm. that That's they a can. real fight, girl. Huh? <laughs> I said, that's a real fight, girl. That's how them fights go. <laughs> no, no. What I'm saying is I thought they were trying to do that. And then it was going to be like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And it was going to end like that. Because fights can go all kind of ways. But I was like, are they trying to show like, oh, this is what happens when you get mad. But then we laugh and say, ha, ha. And we, you know, this is what we do. We always kiss and make up. So part of me was wondering if it was planned. Uh, but then I realized, you know, they kind of apologized and stuff. I was like, I don't think this is planned. But I thought that was, yeah, I think that's that's can be how a real fight can go. I thought it was, I thought it was cute, and um, it was interesting how the mother made this connection with her and her husband, how they used to fight over seamlessly silly things, right? Oh, that was the significance of the fight. Because I was like, why are we looking at them fight in front of this person? Because at first I thought the match was going to be like awkward. But she was like, no, it's fine. <laughs> we, I did it all the time. And I was like, yeah, you would fight. Like diaper fight is a serious fight. Like I bought them, but you left them in the car. Like really, all you had to do was take it out the car. And it could have really went bad. Like they were last <laughs> season. Because you know, Kate and Toby was at it last season. That's so true. Um, I guess they made their way to more constructive fighting. But I was just like, why did they put that sequence there? Like, what was the point of it? Yeah, I don't know. Other than I think the only thing I could think of is just also to show another way that they're so connected. Because my husband and I did the same thing. Which is creepy. Creepy. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in the very beginning of the episode, we mentioned that they showed a Vietnamese daughter and who I thought was a father, but it can't turned out to be a grandfather. And um, we first see them fishing and they're speaking Vietnamese. But then we next see them inside of some house and he's cooking the fish that they caught and they're speaking English. And we learn that the man is the grandfather and the girl is his granddaughter. And um, yeah, so before we get to the end, do you think the Vietnamese grandfather and granddaughter are present day, past day, or future? That's a good question, Tiff. I would say that I'm going to go with present day. And I just say that because the pictures that they had around of him and said person just seems to be pictures of him when he was younger and he's grandpa age now. And I don't know, just mm. certain things make me believe it's present day. So I'm I'm a I'm a stick with that. I'm going to well, I'm going to go with my mind that I had when I watched it, which was. I'm going to say it's past day. Okay. Just okay. because I was just like, why do they fit? They're going to be like a jump to someone else's present day. So I'm thinking they were set in past day. And I was thinking about like Vietnam um, being a place where Nikki and Jack went to fight. So I was like, well, maybe it's during that time period or well, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if everywhere was wartime in Vietnam, but assuming it wasn't, I'm like, maybe it was during that time period or whatever. Um, so I just want to say past day. I don't think it's the future because I couldn't really figure out how we got there in the future. Yeah, but I couldn't I really figure out. Future. I couldn't really figure out how they were in the present at the time when mm -hmm. I watched it. Mm -hmm. So Vietnam, America, or somewhere else. Where are these people? I think they're in Vietnam, but are they in America if they're in the present day? Does it matter? I don't know. I think they're in Vietnam. And let's say if it is present day, present day that the granddaughter went to go visit her papa who lives in Vietnam <sighs> and she lives in America. Because oh, she just seem like she's not always over there. She's like, I want to know about this. I want to know about that. Like she's kind of having all these thoughts because she's kind of getting used to this new environment. And I feel like if you're there every single day all the time, then you would have had the conversation and we would have talked about this and you would know who it is or you would know Papa don't talk about that kind of stuff. So that's what I'm thinking. Oh my gosh, Ricky. I'm thinking that she lived with him and she was just being a precarious little, precocious little girl. But no, I think you're right. I think she's visiting. Oh my gosh, man. I that is like, she is visiting. You still think past though, Tip? That's the reason I, I said know. present. So, no. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm like, no, that really does make sense that she's visiting. Cause I'm like, yeah, they live together. But now when you said that, I'm like, no, she was asking a lot of questions and she did seem kind of like not as familiar or whatever with what her grandfather does on a daily basis or 
often basis, uh, regular basis. So, oh my gosh, so is it still past? It could still be past day though. <laughs> yeah, no, it could be. So this is going to be interesting to see. Oh, okay. Past oh, that's good. Present. That's it. Vietnam or America. Did you say America or Vietnam? Or did you say I said they were in Vietnam. I mean, okay, me too, me too. And then I was like, well, it doesn't even matter where they at, but I think it does kind of matter where they are, especially for your theory of she's from Americans visiting him in Vietnam. That is so cool. Okay, so early on in the show, they were talking about like this idea of cooking for someone. Um, the grand, the Vietnamese grandfather was like, you cook for somebody to show your love. But we also see before he, he cooked the fish that Beth had, <laughs> had made some pancakes that was so good. She had put a foot in it and nobody cared. So for Randall, I love that moment. Now that was so cute. And then Madison had made those pancakes and um, Kevin didn't eat the pancakes. So I do agree that when you cook for someone, it can be a display of love, but is that what you got from Beth's pancakes and Madison's pancakes that they were trying to show love? That's cute. I, yeah, actually, yeah. I, I think it was the sacrifice of love too, though, because Beth maybe perhaps got up early. She didn't do something extra special to show like, look, this is what mm. I want for you. Um, and hers made me lean more towards the love before Madison is truly like, I'm cooking. Like, not only am I eating food, but I am cooking and I'm trying to cook something for you. I am sacrificing. I'm getting up early at 5 a.m. I want to make this special. So, yeah, I think it was both a display of love. One more like this sacrificial piece of love, perhaps, than the other. <laughs> Yeah, because I guess to your point, it doesn't, or one of the points that I heard, it doesn't really go to like the pancakes itself, but just the fact that I got up to fix like everything <laughs> that goes into it before the pancakes even come out. Like I got up to fix this for you so it could be ready for you when you sat down to eat and you only want to eat it. Like how rude. But yeah, right. She was like, I think the one of them was like, let me go and put this in the toaster oven and let it just pop open, like, and pop up. <laughs> like, this was something, like, I don't know how from scratch, from scratch. Maybe it was a box mix, but the point is, they did a little stir and they put something on the griddle. And yeah, I need you to respect that, people. Randall said, You put your foot in these pancakes. Thank you. <laughs> yes, that was a good point. I was like, Yes, Randall, yes. <laughs> So the cliffhanger of the night. I know, right? So the granddaughter, the Vietnamese granddaughter is asking her grandfather um, a whole bunch of questions. But one of the questions she asks before it goes off is if the woman in all the pictures is the one he is trying to impress with his cooking. And the grandfather says that is correct. And then the camera pans to a photo of a young version of the grandfather and a black woman who I think the black woman, I don't know who the black woman is actually, but I have people's theories on who the black woman is. Do you want to know the theories or do you know who the black woman is? Well, I don't know. I just thought it was obvious that it was supposed to be his mom, oh. Randall's birth mom, but no. Oh, why is that so obvious to you? I don't know why. I just thought that she kind of looked like the lady um, before she passed. But of course, you know, it was quick, but it just can't. You know why? Another reason I guess that was one of the first things that was on my mind was because based on your spoiler alert and and um, the information we received from the, or you, were, you know, you found out from the producers, they're like, look, we're going to let you know what happens to Randall's mother soon. Yeah. We're not going to drag this storyline out. So I was like, oh, OK, cool. Now we know. That to me, I'm assuming she lived past a couple more breaths at that apartment. I don't know how she got here, but yeah, I I I automatically assumed that was his mom. Oh, because I was like, so okay, I was way off. No, you're with people like the audience. Like the audience said, it was either Randall's bio mom or Zoe. That's uh, Beth's cousin slash Kevin's ex girlfriend. Oh my goodness. Okay. Right. And I think the reason they were saying Zoe is because, you know, Zoe was in, in, in and out of Vietnam oh, and stuff wow. like that. Um, but I didn't think about either of those women. I was just like, oh, a black woman. I'm thinking they were introducing new characters like they do. And, you know, I said they want no more new characters. But <laughs> I was like, they're introducing a, a whole new character or new characters now. So now we got to figure out how it goes. And I misunderstood the... um 
the little girl, you know, the little girl asks the woman in the pictures, is that who you cooking for? And the grandfather said, yes, that's correct. And I know it panned directly to him with a woman, but I'm thinking he was talking about his granddaughter. Like, yeah, I'm cooking for you. Like, I love you. I thought it was like something cute, a tender moment. I thought I was, they were having, but no, he was really talking about assuming everybody else is right. He was really talking about some other woman. I was like, oh, he's talking about his granddaughter. He loves her and he's cooking for her. So, yeah, that completely went over my head, but apparently that didn't go over other people's heads because everybody, 98% of people are making up that figure, but an overwhelming number of people are like, it's definitely Randall's bio mom and a slim few are like, it's Zoe and others are like, I don't know. Y'all can tell who that is from a picture. Okay. (laughs) So if it is Randall's bio mom, you still think it's Uh present day? Well, yeah, I think it's present day because I don't. I didn't get that he was saying who he's cooking for right now. I thought that the little girl kept saying, who were you, who, were you trying to press the girl in the picture with your cooking and talking about more past tense? So that mm-hmm. made me believe that the person in the picture is no longer there, perhaps. And that's why I thought it could be the mom. I didn't think okay. that he was cooking, preparing for somebody to come in, come in the door and eat it. Girl, okay. Well, I was just but way you, off. But you thing. feel like he was cooking more so than for the daughter, for the granddaughter? You thought that well, he was thought cooking was for the lady? Moment. I thought it was a cute moment between grandfather and granddaughter. And he was like, yes, and talking about her. I thought she was going to be like the girl in all the pictures. Because remember, I'm thinking they live there together. Like oh, he's yeah. raising her. And I also thought he was her father. I thought that was father and daughter. I didn't realize he was a grandfather. I know he was old, but you know. Oh man, who cares? So I thought it was a father <laughs> and daughter and I thought he was just being like having a tender moment. Like she's talking about some woman and he's like, yeah, whatever, but I'm talking about you. I'm cooking for you, ain't I? Like you, the woman that I love or girl that I love. So I don't know. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I really missed the mark on that, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> well, we'll see. Look, it's, it's to be continued. We have to see what's really, who this lady really is. <laughs> if that's Randall's bio mom, like... remember we said we did not want her living past that breath so how you end up all the way in vietnam lady (sighs) or maybe she maybe he came from vietnam to america who knows that's Uh, what i was thinking that he met her in america because he was here and that's how they connected but girl we'll have to see what happens because this is us we we think we so right we'd be like kate like yes (laughs) it has no way but to go this way, there's no choice. And then they do something, we'd be all wrong. So I don't know. I don't know. So that's the end of the episode, but I do have a couple of honorable mentions. Um, I liked the handling of COVID during this episode much better than, you know, episode one, parts one and two. Um, The counselor interviews were convincing because, you know, everything has to be virtual now because of COVID. The walks and, you know, they're walking when Kevin and Kate were walking by themselves. They didn't have to have that mask on. But when stranger lady came up, it's like my mask got to come on. The selfies, social distance selfies. I thought that was fine. Meeting the the um potential uh uh, uh, what's it called match in the park um as i'm talking about kate and jack i thought that was (laughs) that was cool so i like the handling of covid during this episode much better it didn't seem as forced and they didn't have to i guess mix in um previously taped and recorded pieces with the new recorded pieces to make it go really like come on now why y'all doing that so I was fine with that. And they didn't have strangers popping up at each other's house. Not strangers, but people popping up at each other's houses or whatever. So I was good with it this episode. (laughs) That's a good observation, Tiff. They sure did do a better job. I agree. So I'm wondering if, because we haven't seen Baby Jack since it came back last week, week, two weeks ago, or um, this week. So I'm wondering if Baby Jack is even allowed on set. Hmm. Hmm. I know. I'm That's thinking he probably point, like, who was watching the child, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's gonna be interesting to see how this is gonna play out with little little baby Jack. So hmm. And okay. I have two more mentions. My other mention is that we know that Kevin is still reeling or trying to deal with his fight with Randall because he mentioned it at the opening of the episode and he mentioned it toward the end of the episode as well. Like I'm 
trying to figure out, you know, I'm still dealing with the stuff of my brother. So I thought that was humanizing because, you know, we're always like, Kevin don't care about nobody. He don't read the room. He don't whatever. But no, he still like have that heavy on his mind, which is kind of also influencing his behavior right now. So I thought that was nice for them to let us know that. And the journal of poems next to Randall's bed. Did you see Randall keeps William's journal next to the bed? No, Tiff, I did not oh. see that. Oh my that God. That got past girl. me. Girl, look, just like that picture got past me. But yes. Oh. So when Randall put down the journal that he was writing the story in for his homework assignment, it was next to the journal of poems that. Uh, not Randall, uh, that William gave him. Mm. So that was really cute. Tender moment. That, that's, <laughs> girl, that's a, look, a tender moment I didn't even see, but that is a tender <laughs> moment. <laughs> oh, I wish I would have noticed that. I know. Now you gotta go back <laughs> <laughs> Anything for you? Um, honorable mentions. You know, this episode, I felt they did a really good job of showing Kevin and Jack together. And I feel like I didn't really see young Kevin and Jack as much mm. like interactions by themselves as much as they show maybe Randall and um and mm. Jack's interaction. So I felt that that was really good to see how they had their bonding moment. Waits was their thing. And then to kind of see that it goes back a generation because his, his Jack's dad would do Waits with him. And so who knows? We may see going forward. <laughs> um that Kevin does this with his son. So just kind of seeing that father-son um, dynamic kind of together. I feel like I don't see, I didn't, I don't see a lot of that in this with us with them two, not arguing or something. So I thought that yeah. was good. True, true, so true. That kind of stood out to me from this episode. And just the one night stands, like how it could go. It could be with <laughs> a situation <laughs> of Madison and Kevin, which seems to be that they're going to get married and perhaps stay together and fall in love. And that's just was the part of their story. Or it could be where, you know, perhaps some lady is like, I'm giving my baby away because it was a one night stand and I just want my child to be raised in a two-parent household or with someone else that's going to love my child. So I thought that was interesting how they show how it can go right or it can go left. I just do not see her giving up that baby, especially since she already has one, but what do I know? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it either, but mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll I, I'm with you. I'm like, something ain't, something ain't right. <laughs> so that brings us to our spoiler alert. <laughs> So, the This Is Us creator, he has confirmed that the woman in the picture is indeed Randall's birth mother, Laurel. So, <laughs> I was like, okay, we were right, we were right. <laughs> and he also said that we are going to be returning to Randall's bio mom story next episode. So, we get to learn a little bit more. Maybe we'll figure out how they got together. That's good. I'm sure we will. That's good. I uh, know. I was just like, how did I miss that? <laughs> <laughs> I missed that whole thing. But anyway, all right, girl, until next week. Hey, y'all, we are back with season two of Spoiler Alert with Tiff O and Ricky, and we cannot be more excited. All season, we'll be talking everything This Is Us, and we may have special episodes in store for you as well. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform and like us and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Spoiler Alert Tiff O Ricky. And you know we love our listeners, so leave comments. They may be included in our show. Thanks for listening.